Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Let's take a look at the trailer for Inside Out. Ten years ago, as a graffiti artist, but JR would make his name by taking photographs and illegally passing the portrait on the street. That's where I realized the power of paper and glue. And so tonight, the TED Foundation will give him their highest honor and permit JR to make a wish. They wish that Ted Foundation would like to be big enough to change the world. I wish for you to stand up for what you care about. And together, we turn the world inside out. And then suddenly it's like, okay, passing the process to someone and saying, all right, now in your hand you have much more meaning than in mine, so do it. Et tu ne pousses pas des barrières dans un pays sans, sans te confronter vraiment. Tu, tu trouves les limites. Ne, ne mettez pas sur nos murs. Il nous appartient à ce mur. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Bryce Reninger from IndieWire, and tonight's guests, Alastair Siddons, Emile Avenal, and special guests, J.R. and Ramel. All right, thank you all for coming out, uh, and welcome to New York, all four of you. Um, I think it might make sense to uh, have JR speak a bit more, or speak a bit about this project and kind of where it came from, just in case anyone's not completely up to speed. Uh, we sure. just saw the trailer, but. Um, the, the Inside Out project is a project uh, I started two years ago, uh, where basically for 13 years I've been around the world taking photos of people and enlarging them in their own communities. Uh, and I realized that the more you the, the more I did that, the more I would have people helping me doing it. And uh, I was like, why not reversing the process? Why not let them do it wherever they want and however they want? And so I, the Inside Art project is basically a project where you can take a photo, a portrait, send it to us, we'll print it and send it back to you in a large format and for free if you can afford it. 
and then you paste it wherever you want. But it has to be uh, about your own ideas. It cannot be linked to a brand, to an organization, to any kind of institution. It has to be about you and your community, or you and your friend, you and your family. And so since two years, um, the project have been around the world in more than 100 countries, and Alistair have documented that in a couple of them, but he have received footage from a lot of those countries. And uh, uh, Romel have been doing it in his country, in Haiti, and every day there's thousands of people enlarging their photos on walls, passing their message, and using that same piece of paper that can be a weapon in a country or a piece of art in another. Right, and you, I think you saw some of the different responses and the different reasons for people uh, uh, participating in the Inside Out project. Uh, and as JR just said, Alistair gets to document uh, a lot of those, a lot of those uh, installations. Uh, what made you think that this would be a film that you should make? Uh, I, I met JR about seven years ago in Brazil and ever since I first saw his first project Portrait of a Generation I instantly wanted to make a film about it I think for obvious reasons that he it's such a visual art form with a story behind it so there's a narrative to all of JR's work and actually from a sort of outsider's point of view you, you look at his art and you can appreciate it aesthetically but the possibility of adding layers to it by understanding the story behind it was um, something, it's a gift actually of a film to make, I think. And were you surprised by some of the responses that you saw in the footage or in the, in the, on the shoots that you were present for? Definitely, um, I, I, we've been to a few countries together, so I was in Kenya with JR when he did his amazing train installation. And the worst that normally happens is that people just walk past and say, it means nothing to me. Most people obviously love it, but in, in Tunisia we came up against some really sh fierce criticism. And uh, so that was quite surprising, quite good for me as a filmmaker um, as well. I didn't encourage it or it's set it up. Dramatic <laughs> set of scenes, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, and and um, did you want to add anything else about the, the making of the film, Emil? No, no, actually, we just had to decide who could produce it, you know, after the TED Prize. And sure. we were like that, okay, Alistair could shoot it, Ja could be in the middle of the film, and we were like, oh, oh. And finally, <laughs> I've decided to produce it, which was, uh, I think, a really good decision. But, uh, you know, as Ja is always in the action, it's quite difficult to follow him. So the main difficult part of this job for me was to, wow, wow, to bring those guys at the same point, at the same moment. And finally we did it. And that's working this way that we met Rommel, for example, and uh, he made the film. Actually. Can, I, can I just say that the, my main difficulty was keeping up with JR as well, that uh, suddenly y y you work from seven in the morning till 11 o'clock at night, and then he says, we're gonna wake up at two o'clock in the morning and keep on going pasting, um, yeah. <laughs> And Romel, for you, uh, what was it like to be a part of the Inside Out project and to see yourself in the film? Um, it was great because, you know, you are part of a global art project. So it made you like an artist like everyone. And uh, you feel like you do something to change the world. You see what I mean? Because uh, it's not given to everyone 
to have a hurt to try to change the role, even though uh, it's a simple hack to just take a picture and pass it in, in the street, and uh, that can have a big impact. You know, when you see a beautiful face, a beautiful children who are laughing, a, a proud mother, so you feel humanity. So for me, it was a great experience. Was anything surpri particularly surprising uh, for any of you as you saw the project kind of spread across the world? I mean, one of the things that really surprised us is uh, how much people uh, uh, would care about expressing themselves. And as soon as you make that accessible to them, they basically take over. Uh, you know, it's, um, it's easy to, to click on Facebook and, and to say, you know, I want to change the world, I want to participate or sign on that. It's something else to go in the street like he did and engage his community and, 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 and paste on the wall. It's, it's really something else. And that creates real interactions. And, and we're living in a world right now where we, 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 know we spend a lot of time on, on, on Instagram, on, on Twitter, on all those stuff, on all those social media. And uh, we forget about real interaction. And I think one of the main thing of this project is to recreate real interactions. And it's great after to share them through all the social media, but the real key point is to go back to, go back to a root thing, which is connecting with people. And a lot of the people, when they tell you about the project, you know, like you would ask Romel about it or other people who've done it, they won't tell you about how good the photo is or, or you know, the, the, I don't know, the way they paste it. They're going to tell you about who they're going to met, who they've met, who they've paced with, who helped them, how surprised they were to have so many help from people. And the more you hear all the story, the more you realize that it brings you to, a, you know, to those really simple things of people interacting, dignity, and, and, and the sense of community. And while we're on the uh, subject, do you want to talk about what it was like for you to, to work on, on your project in Haiti? It's not about what is what like for me. It's what, more like uh, what is like uh, for the people here in Haiti. You know, it's a global project and participating project. So when we start in Haiti, it was me, JR, and uh, Benoit McKinley, one other friend. And uh, we start pasting, pasting, pasting. And uh, other people coming, they pasting with us. So when, I, when they ask me, what is this project for? Is this project for the people who died on the earthquake? It's a memorial for them? I think I stay and thinking in myself, maybe it could be a great explication for them. But sometimes people come in again, they say, is that project for uh, recognize people you lose or who, who are dispatched, you know, after the earthquake or people move it? So for me, it was more than like a little art project. It was a symbol of, uh, of uh, what art can do to, uh, to a social change, you know. Um, for me, it was very special. Great. Uh, so behind us, we have... Uh, we uh, had... That, <laughs> that, that, was, that was yours, Ramel's? It was, yeah, well, exactly. The, it was the Haiti project. Uh, so this is the, the Inside Out app, correct? It's the, the, JR, Your, app, the JR app. But it have Inside Out in it and all the other past projects, but when you go on the Inside Out, you can see some of the strongest actions because they have been 10,000, so it was kind of 
uh, uh, impossible to, you know, map 10,000 actions, but we've mapped the ones that can inspire people to, to do it. And, and sometimes we do photo booths, so what you have now, it's, uh, you know, some of the projects that lead, like Tunisia, to a book or to a film, and Tunisia is in the film, actually. And this was actually the first inside art project, is uh, hundreds of Tunisians have been pasting this, th their portraits. And this was led by only, you know, uh, 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 one or two person. One was Marco Berbi who, who initiated the project there. And, um, and basically the, the photograph responded to it and then took over and did everything themselves, took the photo. Uh, you know, it's about spreading the idea and then letting the people take over the same way, you know, Romel did it in Haiti. The, the interesting thing there in, in, in Tunisia is that there haven't been another image than the one of Ben Ali, the dictator, for 50 years. And for the first time, there was people's faces on the walls. And the first thing they did was replacing all the photos of Ben Ali by their own photos. So it was, you know, like, like here, that photo represents it pretty well. They replaced the portraits and put their own. Right, and, and the, as, as you were mentioning, Alistair, the, 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 the project in Tunisia was especially kind of interesting, you know, people were taking different perspectives, people were confused at first, people were saying, we're also surprised that, that other portraits other than uh, what they were used to uh, of, their, of their former ruler were, were, um, were up. Uh, do you want to talk a bit more about that kind of storyline, which kind of is one of, one of the more developed in the, in the film? Yeah, the interesting thing I think about doing this, following the project in Tunisia is, firstly, the, the excitement that the five photographers who had taken the photographs had to, to do something which they thought would be such a positive change on their country. And actually, I think the, the project came to sort of represent what happened in Tunisia in a way, in terms of the, the initial excitement of, of the revolution and the overthrow of Ben Ali. Uh, and then quite quickly afterwards, it turned into a kind of fear of w what could happen, what the country could turn into. I think it's important to stress that 95% of the people who, who saw what the photographers were doing were overwhelmingly positive. But not everybody was involved in the revolution. and. Uh, there, you can have lots of different theories on it, but one of my theories is that a lot of people, a few people didn't like the fact that we were um, replacing the dictator's image, perhaps, but um, from a film point of view, it was, it was uh, like almost a gift to have an action where an art project can provoke such a strong reaction and, and create such a debate. And someone said, you know, f for me, this is democracy. Someone's allowed to paste the pictures and other people are allowed to, to pull them down. We're now enjoying democracy. And it's not often that art can kind of go that far. Yeah, we'll pull up the book now, which is also available in the iTunes store. So the book is about another project named uh, Wrinkles of the City, where basically uh, I went since four or five years into cities uh, where uh, there, there's a strong link with the architectures and the story of the country, what happened in that country. I did it in Los Angeles, but I did it in Cuba, in Shanghai, in um, Cartagena, uh, or recently in Berlin. 
What's interesting to me there is to find old people, people with wrinkles, that have seen their city change over the, the last century and, uh, and telling about it. And the funny thing actually is that in LA was more about the fact that it's really hard to find wrinkles in that city <laughs> because people hide them, you know? And so I had a really hard time finding wrinkles. And also there was this contrast with, uh, with advertising and, and huge billboards. So um, it, was, it, it, it was actually interesting to see there what it represents for them to have their photo on large compared to Cuba, where they've never been another portrait than Che or Fidel or Raul, and suddenly they would be up on the wall, or in Shanghai, where you, know, you don't have your photo up there. Uh, and really, it has to be on the architecture where there, there is a strong you know, texture. So we were in Berlin last week. So imagine someone who's 90 years old in Berlin, in Germany, that might have seen the Second World War, that might, you know, that have seen Berlin East, Berlin West, that have seen the fall of the wall, and um, and now it's like a cool city and vibrant, and so it's really interesting that 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 that, that paradox of two generations meeting, and 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 I was kind of talking with them with my art, which is kind of you know 2013 style of. Uh, uh, embracing the city and they were responding to it in a way that sometimes they didn't really care if their photo was pasted that big because for them images don't have the same power that our generation have but the book when i do a book for example uh, or a, a film that for them is something that will pass to another generation they always got much more into the project when the book uh, uh, arrived and so you know a lot of the work is ephemeral it's paper so uh, it's pretty. Um, it's pretty important for me to document it properly, and and to do a an nap and and an iBook for me was really important because it's basically a, a you know a way to enter in the project. How do people did it? What do they think about it? Even participate, you know, like by scratching the image. Uh, Marc Azoulay, who developed the whole project, have worked onto making all the projects uh, accessible to the public, and uh, there'll be more. There'll be a way. Uh, to engage more with it, maybe to maybe we'll continue in the app so that you can even participate, you know, by uploading your photos straight to the app. It's it's a way to be in touch with the public. My whole work is based on the participation, and so I think that th using this kind of tool is for me a way to 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 engage more. And while you're in the city here in New York, you are you're you're active and doing some things, including something coming up. Yeah, tomorrow, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's a little thing tomorrow happening. We, we're going to start, uh, we, we'll build a truck, uh, which we call the, the Inside Out Photo Boost truck, where basically you can go on the back of the truck, take your photo, and it prints it in five seconds in really large format. And we took that truck in the five borough of New York the last five days. But tomorrow we're going to place it in Times Square. And we're going to, each photo that we're going to take there of people just passing by, we're going to paste it on the floor of Times Square. So in a couple of days, the entire ground of Times Square, I'm really, uh, you know, the entire ground, we're going to be covered with portraits of people, uh, and this in the middle of advertising. And we managed from 1st of May with Times Square Alliance to shut up the advertising for a couple of minutes every night and changing them by people's faces. So it's going to be a, a hard work. Everyone's invited. Everyone can participate. Everyone can take their photo. It's completely free. It's not linked to any mark, uh, brand, organization, or whatever. 
and uh, we're all going to be there tomorrow morning to start the process. All right, so questions from the audience. Hello, hi. Um, Romel is a very good friend of mine. I, I know him from, from Haiti, and I was actually in Haiti while you were doing a lot of your portrait taking and your picture pasting. I didn't really understand what was going on. Romel was trying to explain to me everything, and I... You know, and I, I watched you guys do it, and I think I even met you, JR, for a quick, a quick second. You guys were very busy. I didn't realize how big this was until I got back to New York uh, a month later, and I, and I started seeing the same types of pictures in New York, and that's how I realized how global this actually was. Um, what I'd like to ask uh, JR, now you've done this in a lot of different countries, and I know that you've faced obstacles in different countries. What obstacles do you find very common um, what are the common obstacles that you found from country to country that you've been in? Can we, can we keep in English, guys? <laughs> um, one of the obstacles is, uh, uh, is a really interesting one, actually. Uh, and you said it right before. It's people come and ask you, what is the purpose of your project? And, and it's, you know, I like that because that's a pretty direct question. Uh, it's like if I go in a museum here at MoMA and the artist is next to his painting, you know, of the landscape and I'm going to look at him really strongly and hold his arm like that and I'm going to ask him, what is the purpose of your project? You know, I'm sure the guy is going to tell me, look, you know, I am a painter first. I'm, you know, I wanted to do that landscape because it inspired me. I, I don't know what to tell you. That, that's what I felt right now. When you do that in the street, it's kind of the same thing, except that you have an entire strip coming, a community, and say, why are you doing that for? And this is, uh, uh, this is the moment where you have to define the project. And maybe you didn't define it before, but what Romel was saying right before is people thought it was for the people who died in the earthquake, or they thought that it was in commemoration of something. They, they, ha they need an explanation where sometimes there's not a precise one, but you know, you can make it up. And sometimes the narrative of the people is more interesting than our narrative. So for me, you know, of course you can have obstacles like you get arrested or people take your photos down or whatever. But the, the most interesting one is those discussions. They're not really obstacles, but they're a real challenge. Hello. I think your project is uh, very provocative. And uh, what is your reaction when someone says you're vandalizing? And uh, what would you consider is a uh, success as far as the life of a piece? And how the hell do you get away with doing what you're going to do tomorrow on 42nd Street? Um, um, you know, it depends on the country. In some countries, they call it vandalism. In some others, they invite us in museum. And sometimes, in the same country, both happens. Um, that's the paradox. I, I feel like... I like that kind of products because it shows you that you're on a fine line. When you're on that fine line, you're actually exploring the limits of your own society. You know? So I like that. I like going in a place and seeing how they're actually interpreting the work. Uh, what's interesting is that when I did it in Brazil or in Kenya or in all those places, I never heard about vandalizing. I heard, you know, about... Uh, you know, you know what that image is for. Like, you know, who is that person? I want to know that person. When I come in here or in Paris, or then of course you start hearing who's paying for that, who's going to clean, and and you lose the whole sense of it. But that's part. That's how we think here in our society. I I, I like that. I like those discussions too. They're part of it. Um, for me, um, that 
you know, there's a part of risk in there, of course. It have always been today. The guys were in uh, Rockaway, you know, and uh, with the truck. And, you know, they stopped on the parking lot, plugged the truck. There was abandoned house. Everyone, the whole community came, started pasting their photos. You can see it on the Instagram uh, if, you, if you look for hashtag InsideOutNYC. And um, it was going really well until... And they pasted, uh, you know, on the pillars next to the ocean, and there's the, all the kids participating, drawing on the photos. And at the end of the day, the cops came and said, guys, you have authorization for this, for that, and, you know, you're going to have to take it off, and they had to pull them down. You know, what I think, I'm just saying it, of course, you know, you can't let things happen everywhere the way people want. I agree on that. Even if they had to take some of them at the end, I think it was still worse that whole day because even if, okay, it finished by you have to take off your posters and maybe pay a fine, they still had a great intense day of exchanging. And, and even if you, you, you know, if on some places we got evicted or arrested or got troubled, but the whole journey to that was worth it. So tomorrow in Times Square, it's a bit different uh, because we got the authorization from Times Square Alliance to cover the ground. It has been really hard. It shows that it's, it's a ground for advertising there and to put art is a really strong fight. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's worth the fight. It's not completely cleared out, but it should happen. And, 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 and it have always been, I've covered the entire Ile Saint Louis Berge in Paris, in the middle of Paris, that was a huge project. We were hundreds of us every day, volunteers doing it. We didn't really have the authorization. We had an okay from one of the mayor from the district, but not from the mayor of Paris. But because they saw that happening, they lacked the energy and they couldn't stop it. And that's a way that I've done a lot of the project around the world. And uh, that's a way I realized when people like Romel did Inside Out around the world, they used that same kind of system of like, let's start, even if we can't, and we'll, we'll manage on the way. Uh, congratulations, Jair, for this innovative project. Uh, you are combining very meticulously analog and digital technology both. Uh, my first question is, what inspired you for this project? And uh, you are connecting the people worldwide. Which country was more fascinating for you? And also, uh, while connecting the people, did you find, did you had a chance to go to Afghanistan and uh, let the Taliban, uh, did you uh, take any photos there or trying to promote the democracy like in Tunisia? Or what was your experience on that? You know, um, my inspirations were, I think, over the years, using the streets and seeing that uh, it would engage a lot of people and, and a lot of people would respond to photos on the street because everyone can understand it. And um, then realizing that the more I traveled, the more people needed dignity and wanted to express it themselves, not having someone expressing it for them. So that's how I came to Inside Out. Now, seeing Inside Out happening around the world, uh, I enjoy seeing it happening in places that I would have never went to, you know, uh, because, because, you know, because maybe I'm afraid to go there. Maybe I was, I didn't find the occasion to go there. The, it, inside that happened in Iran, in Pakistan, in Afghanistan, in a lot of places that I've never been. And they covered entire walls. And of course I would have loved to have that experience with them. Like I had the chance to have it with Romel, but I rather know their journey through you know, an email or some photos and know that it stays in the community 
and they dealt with their own problem themselves uh, 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 and, and with their own tools using this project, then me going there and, and giving an outsider look on it. And, and it's really important for me that the, the, on this project, it's the people who takes over it. And, uh, you know, in Haiti, the way it happened is there is a girl who, who, who knew me and who's like, you have to do it in Haiti. And I say, yeah, it would be great, but I'm not going to go there, you know, because it have to come from there. She said, yeah, but they don't know you there. I say, for sure. But, you know, it's online. If you want to send a link to a few people, then, you know, some couple weeks passed and, and she didn't do it and she see me again say, I'm telling you, you really have to do it. And I say, look, you're going there often. Your family is from there. Go and, like, it take you a couple of days. Meet people, tell them to participate. That's how she met Romel. And then Romel was like, yeah, what's that project? I don't even know about JR. You know, okay, we have, we have to do photos. And then they did their photos themselves. You know, I've never been there when I did that whole process. Then when she sent us all the photos, there was much more. There was Romel, but there was a lot of other kids who did it there. And I was like, wow, you started a really big thing out there. There's hundreds of photos coming from all over Haiti. And, uh, and I was just curious to go and see the process. So when I, was, uh, I went there, they were already, you know, they were just waiting for the paper to go and paste. You know, they didn't need me to do it. They, they didn't even let you do it. Yeah, exactly. Actually, that's, that's kind of the end of the movie. Yeah, the, this guy kicked me out of my own project, you know. JR, it's understand. You know, I cannot go in France and uh, doing your job at your place. That's true. <laughs> Uh, this is definitely very interesting. Um, one of the things I noticed is there isn't a presence um, in China and in Russia. So my question is two parts. I don't know if that was uh, if uh, you attempted to to do that to uh, launch the project there, and if you did, what kind of issues did you run across? Was there self censorship or was it more top down? Yeah, uh, the project did happen in China and Russia. In Russia, they fight a lot of. You know, this project revealed cracks of society, I, I, I say sometimes when I look at it, because I received photos from the places where either it already burned or it's gonna burn. In Russia, two months before the, the, you know, the, the hundreds of thousands of people going in the street, I received a lot of photos from there. I was like, why are we receiving so much photo from Russia? And two months later, there was like hundreds of thousands of people in the street. I found out pretty interesting because this happened with the Arab world and a lot of places in, in, in around the globe. One of the things in Russia is that they fight, you know, to, to uh, you know, for human rights and, and the gay movement, and a lot of them got arrested. A lot of them went in jail just for holding their photos. So it shows you that that same piece of paper is can become a weapon that can turn you, you know, you, itself against you, because in a place it can have too much power. In China, there's videos, there's really interesting videos where you see people pasting and then they film the, the secret service taking it down piece by piece and like talking, there's a voiceover and it's not in the movie, but it's just there's thousands of videos online and, uh, and I saw a couple of them and it was interesting because the guys were like, wow, okay, they're taking it down, I'm not going to confront them. He went and interviewed the guy, why are you taking it down? And the guy said, no, please don't film, you can't put your image. It kind of shows you where is the place of image depending on the context where you go. We're talking about the same thing, a piece of paper with your image in it, nothing else. And in some place, you know, it, it, it creates a real trouble. In some others, someone's going to frame it in their room and make it a piece of art and say that it has some value. 
Yes, hi, I'm Calypso, and I um, admire your project a lot. I was wondering if there is a big difference between uh, when the project is on private space, ha walls of houses, places that belong to individuals, and whether when it's on public spaces, uh, as in Times Square, uh, where really you need an official permission, whatever the political agenda is. Because we may note that in New York City, in Times Square, there's also a political agenda of the officials who want uh, Times Square to be reinvested by New Yorkers away from tourists. Um, and, and in the same, so is there a difference, is my big question. Now I just want to add, as I'm asking this question, uh, that I myself had a project and I was wondering what you thought of it. You know, I, being in New York during uh, Hurricane Sandy, um, this was a moment of creating a collective out of a tragedy. And one of the key pieces of symbolism in New York were the water towers. And I was wondering if what you would think of a, of a project of pasting pictures uh, on water towers in, above New York. Do you think it's completely mad? No, I, you know, I think the idea is great. I, I just think... Um, for you, you, you know, uh, Inside Out could be a perfect occasion. You would, you would send the photos of the people you want to paste. We would send them back to you. But then it would be your fight to go and manage to get those water towers. It would be really visual and really impactant. But then it becomes, you know, that w w all the Inside Out project, and there's thousands of them, we don't have the people pasting. So it really became a personal fight of like, yeah, I want to give my time and my energy for that. And we kind of do the easy part, which is the printing. That's it. Um, then, to answer your question about you know public space and private space, it depends. I mean, um, now we uh, uh, we're doing Times Square in a way to uh, really you know uh, uh, the photo booth had happened in Israel, in Palestine, in uh, uh, in Japan, in Fukushima. So it, it happened in a lot of places. I wanted it to to happen in a place like New York where people gonna reflect New York uh, uh, depending of what issue they wanna fight for. So a lot of the places where the truck have been in the last five days are the places that have been devastated by Sandy. And a lot of the communities wanted to highlight different things in their own communities with their images. In Times Square, it's the center of New York and at the same time, it's in front of all those advertising. I think there's an interesting contrast there to provoke and also a lot of people might come and say, we're going to do the photo there, but we want to take it back to our community. So you have to see it as a, as a, uh, you know, as a piece of the project where people, as a platform where they will use it and then take it somewhere else to create a project. So it won't only happen in Times Square. You might see stuff pop up all around the city. Felicitations. Merci. Um, I just have a technical question. How, what is the endurance? The, the, how long, this is paper, right? Yeah. And the pasting. So an image lasts a couple of months, depending on how much rain. Exactly. And Times Square, 30 minutes before all the feet <laughs> scuff it up. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, that's true. It's uh, pretty ephemeral there, too. Yeah, and, and for the huge images, then, if somebody wants that, what you send them 500 pages that fit the puzzle? Inside Out is about only the, the size of the portrait, so smaller size. Sometimes when a project is great, 
or people have really a lot of time and energy to put on it, then they enlarge them themselves. It did happen a lot that they found their own way to enlarge it bigger or ask our help to do it. We, we, we happened to do it a couple of times, even for Haiti, when they pasted bigger photo than the, the inside out size. But the regular size is, you know, is uh, 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 30, 36 by 53 uh, inches. Um, but then people get creative and they create massive wall. Like they cover the border between U.S. and Mexico in Juarez with thousands of photos, writing letters, writing words. You know, they, then they reinvent, they reuse that piece, that tool we gave them in a different way. It's really very beautiful. And it makes me think that you um, have really pushed Andy Warhol's 15 minutes of fame and portraiture uh, into our new century. Well, thank you. Yeah. I actually have a question for the filmmakers. I was curious when you started the film and then as you were making it, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it was just following JR and, and the whole crew around and stuff. Did you feel the film was more about the artistic aspect of these pictures and where they were being put up? Or did you feel it was more about the politics? Because I think... I mean, obviously, there's a blurry line between both. Um, I'm curious where you felt the film sort of leans and what your interest in it was. I think uh, when we first started making the film, it was one of those things where so many people start, well, so many people interpreted Inside Out in so many different ways. Some people use it to, to build bridges with, with communities that are fighting each other. Uh, some people are using it for just a personal statement. I think we chose three stories to concentrate on, one of which was a very politically motivated story in Tunisia. We followed a, a story in Haiti with Rommel, which in a way was more about the sort of philosophy of art and how art can... What Rommel does, he's in an artistic collective and he really uses art in everyday life. And in Haiti, they really, they really do. So we've, we followed that story. And then... In North Dakota, it was a more emotional story about someone using a photograph for memory. And so I think the challenge was to try and choose stories that would incorporate the whole kind of range of, of Inside Out. Um, and in terms of what I'm interested in, it, it kind of came second in a way, I, I think. It was, it, was, it was more we had access to those brilliant stories. And we filmed a few more as well, but uh, in a way we had to contain it in the film. Uh, well, I want to thank you all, but before we say goodbye, I should say, so the IndieWire and Apple Tribeca talks continue on for the rest of the week. Fresh Meat, uh, there's going to be Q&As for Fresh Meat, what Richard did. Greetings from Tim Buckley with uh, Penn, Penn Badgley and Daniel Agrant. Uh, Adrian Grenier, on and on. It's on the Apple site and on IndieWire.com. But I wanted to ask you some questions about, just some final questions about the project. The film is, has two more screenings at Tribeca, one tomorrow night. Do you want to talk about that and where the film is going after this? So uh, I think there's two more screenings left at the festival, which is tomorrow at 5.30 at the SVA Theatre, and then on Wednesday as well, I think. Uh, but the film actually goes out on HBO uh, on the 20th of May in, in about three weeks' time, so you'll be able to watch it on that. So tell your friends when that comes around. And JR, I know you talked about uh, how the project continues, but do you want to kind of just tell people what, what they need to know in case they want to become yeah, involved? Yeah, the, the project continues. Uh, it's, it's still open. 
so people can send their photos, submit it to the InsideArtProject.net. Uh, they can follow us on Instagram at, at JR or at Inside Art Project, and uh, it's a great way to know what's happening in your community or around you. And uh, I'm curious to know if uh, Romel, you know, uh, is thinking of doing another Inside Art or taking it further. Yeah, I, I'm thinking to continue that in Haiti because it's time for GR to uh, out and me to inside. All right, well, thank you all for coming out. Thank you all. Thank you. Everybody join me in thanking our panel again. And thank you guys for being such a great audience.